Praise God, we're in the book of Acts chapter 16, and um, we're going to let the Lord speak to our hearts tonight. Let's take our Bibles and open them up to Acts chapter 16, and let's stand for the reading of God's Word. We'll begin reading with verse 23. We'll read down to verse 24. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, that's Paul and Silas, the magistrate of, of Philippi beat them, and they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out a sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm. For we are all here. Then he, that is the jailer, called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straight way. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his family or house. I want to use for a subject tonight from the jailhouse to the jailer's house. You may be seated. From the jailhouse to the jailer's house. And I don't know about you, but if I broke out of jail, the last place I would be going is to the sheriff's house. <laughs> Amen? But God had a plan. And this earthquake and this miracle and everything that transpired was all put in God's plan to save the jailer and his family. That's what it was all about. It wasn't about busting Paul and Silas out of jail. It was about, in fact, Paul and Silas went back to jail before morning. So it had nothing to do with them. It had everything to do with the jailer and his family. Now, me know God is concerned about your neighbor and those you know, and he wants you to be an instrument in your hardest moments to reach out and touch lives. Was it just me, or did Jimmy just do exceptionally well on the drums tonight? <laughs> Woo, he did some awesome rat-a-tat-tatting. Amen. Great drumming. Appreciate that. Just thought I'd mention that because... Uh, Jimmy needed a boost, and he was doing really good up here, and I thank God for the drumming. Amen. 
Thank God for the fact that he's got a freedom room. And he was taking his liberty and freedom playing tonight. It was exceptionally good. The music was good. I enjoyed it. Um, from the jailhouse to the jailer's house, God wanted to get Paul and Silas out of jail and in the jailer's home. That's what he was doing. And I'll, I just want to make a few statements tonight that's very, very important. We do our best praying in the dark. We do our best singing in the dark. We do our best praising God in the dark. Man likes to sing in the spotlight. God says, no, I want to put you in a dark spot. And let you sing and give honor to me. Christians want to live a life of ease, but God says, no, I want to put you in a dark place so that your prayers will be lit up in hunger and great attention to God. The Bible says that they beat Paul and Silas. And, of course, we know that Luke was not in prison because he goes on to say at the last part of this chapter 16, and they went out, and they went in, and they did this. And if Luke had been in jail, he'd have said, we went out, and we did this. So he wasn't, wasn't in jail. I don't know where he was, but he escaped before they ever got him in there, I guess. Dr. Luke, an incredible individual. If you ever want to be challenged, just read the Gospel of Luke. And then read the rest of the Gospels, and you'll see that he's quite a writer, quite a doctor. He writes like a doctor. But anyway, the jailer was commanded in verse 23 to put Paul and Silas in the inner prison. Now, I don't want you to miss that phrase in verse 23. And when he had laid many stripes, when they had, the magistrate of the Philippi, when they beat Paul and Silas till the blood was running down their backs, they cast him into prison. They commanded or charged the jailer to keep them safely. Verse 24, who having received such a commandment or charge, the jailer put them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. In other words, he fixed it where they couldn't walk. They were, they were paralyzed. Paralyzed in the darkness, paralyzed, couldn't walk. They were in the inner prison. So that tells me something that's very important tonight. And that is, Paul and Silas were on the backside of the prison. They were down in the darkest part of the prison. And the other prisoners were in the dark as well, but they were on the outer circle of the prison. So Paul and Silas are down in the inner prison in total darkness. And at midnight, the darkest time ever, they begin to pray. They begin to pray and they begin to, verse 25, sing praises unto God and the prisoners heard them and I want to say quickly, there's no record that Paul and Silas knew that the prisoners were listening. They maybe didn't even know they had an audience. 
but they wanted to worship the Lord. And when you've got God on your side and you want to really worship God, you don't need an audience. You just need you to worship the Lord. And Paul and Silas, in that darkest place, they begin to pray. The Bible says the prisoners heard them. Suddenly an earthquake came, and that earthquake was not to kill them, not to destroy them, but to set free them so that the jailer would be compelled to listen by trembling and fearing. In fact, the Bible says that the jailer, after the earthquake took place, he called for a light. Now, I used to think, well, the earthquake took place and then all the lights went out. That's, uh, you know, that's United States thinking. Those prisoners were in darkness. They didn't leave the light on for them. And Paul and Silas were in the darkest part of the prison. So when the jailer called for a light and went springing in, he wanted to go down into the darkness and find out what was going on. He went down into the darkness to find the those, those brothers that were singing so beautifully, worshiping God, he followed the music. He followed the worship. The jailer followed the praises. The jailer followed the fanatics down in the middle of the prison, Paul and Silas. And he went springing in trembling because the earthquake shook him up. The music shook him up. The singing shook him up. Earthquake took place. The darkness shook him up. And he went running, trembling, and fell at the feet of Paul and Silas that serves. Sir, what must I do to be saved? And Paul and Silas said, well, you need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you do that, your whole family can be saved. And that began a great outpouring in the jailer's home. Now, Lest I run a rabbit trail, I want to stop and say quickly kind of the outline we have. Singing in the dark is powerful. Let me say that again. Singing in the dark is powerful. Paul and Silas at midnight sang in the dark. The prisoners were in the dark, but Paul and Silas was in the darkest inner part So we know that from that dark hole dungeon where Paul and Silas was, was out coming beautiful music, beautiful singing. And the prisoners are going, whoo, something's coming out of that dark spot. Whoo, something beautiful is coming out of that dark spot. And they heard the music. They heard the singing. And it was coming from the dark place. I want you to know God wants to teach us to sing in the dark. He wants us to serve him in the light, yes. He wants us to shine the light, yes. But God wants us to learn to serve him in the dark. What I mean dark? In sickness, serve him. In pressure, serve him. In troubles financially, serve him. 
with troubles in, in your life and troubles maybe in a marriage or trouble in, in a place at work, God wants you to learn to pray your best prayers at night, to sing your best songs at night, to worship God. And while others will see coming out of your despair something majestic, and that is your love for Jesus Christ. Wow. You say, preacher, how are you getting this stuff? Well, look at it just for a minute. Paul and Silas, verse 24, were put in the inner prison. They were put chains or stalks around their feet so they couldn't walk. They were paralyzed. Let me tell you, friends, the, the devil may try to paralyze you, but he can't stop you from worshiping God. The devil, the devil may manage to put a floor under you. He may manage to put walls around you. He may uh, uh, manage to put a ceiling above you, but nothing can keep God out when you pray and talk to the Lord. God is listening to your voice from the darkest places of your life. God knows you. He loves you. And he's not looking for a spotlight. He's looking for a dark spot in which you are worshiping him and honoring him. Because people that are looking for a spotlight are performers. People that are looking in the dark spot to Jesus are worshipers. Amen. I used to have preachers that used to attend this church. Not anymore. They're gone. But we used to have preachers. In this, they called themselves preachers. And they wouldn't preach unless they had a full house. They wanted, they wanted me to make sure they had a good crowd or they wouldn't preach. And I thought, sit down. I'll do the preaching. None of the preachers in this room are that way. But I'm here to tell you, if one person shows up, let her rip from the Word of God if you're a preacher. Because it has nothing to do with the crowd. has nothing to do with the spotlight. It has everything to do with our world and our life and the life of others. If it's just one person, you're still preaching to their world. Amen. Singing in the dark is powerful. Verse 25, and they prayed and sang. They were, they were, they were singing in the dark. And singing in the dark is powerful. Powerful enough that it persuaded the prisoners not to leave when they were loosed. Powerful enough, it kept them in prison even when they could leave. Because the music was so good and the presence of God was so good, they didn't want to leave church. They didn't, oh, didn't want to leave the prison. Now, I'm preaching better than you're responding. But I want you to know that we do our best singing in the dark. And Paul and Silas at midnight prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Number two, praying in the dark is powerful. Praying in the dark is powerful. Notice it says in verse 25, and they prayed at midnight, they prayed. Now it's already dark in the prison, but it's darker at midnight. And at midnight they prayed. So praying in the dark is powerful. 
Now, you can pray when the birds are singing. You can pray with the sun shining. You can pray when, when everything's going good. You got some money in your pockets. You got everything going good. Your health's good. The children's good. You can pray and thank God for praying. But my friends, when you can learn to pray, when it's cloudy day, when you can learn to pray, when it's a dark time in your life, it's the most powerful thing that anyone in this house, anyone in this place, most powerful thing in my life is being able to pray in the dark. When you're unsure about your health, when you're unsure about your future, when you're unsure about what's happening, the most powerful times for prayer is in the dark. I prayed many a prayers in the dark with my children being sick. Prayed many a prayers in the dark when finances look severe. Prayed many, and by the way, America is fixing to go into a dark time, and we're going to need a lot of people that can pray in the dark because praying in the dark is powerful. Amen. I'm preaching so bad I have to amen myself. Amen. Not only is singing in the dark powerful and praying in the dark is powerful, but praising God in the dark is powerful. Praising God in the dark is powerful. Amen? In fact, God enjoys you praying in the light. Yes, he enjoys you praying when things are going well. God enjoys you thanking him for a good life and the blessing of the Lord. But God, I think God just smells a beautiful incense of prayer when you're in a dark moment of your life. It's the worst time of your life, and you're saying, I love you, Jesus. I serve you, Lord. You're my God. If I die, I'm going to serve you. It doesn't matter, God. You're my Savior. Now, God is looking for people that will praise him in the darkness. Praising God in the dark is powerful. So powerful that the prisoners heard them. See, your neighbor's watching you. Your family's watching you. And there's some busybodies in the church watching you too. Say, you didn't have to say that, no, and I never did. You know, I've never had, I never have pretended to be exceedingly nice. I is what I is. Amen. But they watch you. And they watch you when you're going through pressure. They watch you, whoever it is, they watch you, whether outside neighbors, people you work with, your family, people in church, they watch you. And in your dark moments when you still praise God, in the dark moments of your life when you still worship God, the prisoners hear them. They hear you. You see, Paul and Silas wasn't looking for an audience, but they got one because... They were in the dark place in the inner prison, and the other prisoners were on the outer circle perimeter, and so they heard. This is good stuff, isn't it? Really good stuff. <laughs> the preacher, is it going to get any better? I don't know. We'll see. Something else about singing in the dark is powerful, praying in the dark is powerful. Praising God in the dark is powerful. 
because any old songbird can sing when the sun's shining. Or in fact, any old bird, any old buzzard can sing when the sun's shining. But it takes a real living spirit-filled songbird to sing when it's flooding rain and dark. I think that's why God made the whippoorwill. He liked music in the darkest time of night. We used to go fishing down on Finley River, the Blue Hole below Nixa, and the whippoorwill would begin to sing at the darkest time of night. Three in the morning, four in the morning when it's darkest. And when there was a cloud cover, they seemed to be more involved. And the whippoorwill would begin to sing. God made a lot of whippoorwills. He don't want whimperwheels, he want whippoorwheels. Josh knows about the hoot owl. And they'll get out there and they'll go to hoot, hoot, hooting back and forth. And Josh says they get together and have a hooting nanny. But they don't do it in the daytime, they do it at night. God's children need to learn to have a hooting nanny. A whippoorwillin', not a whimperwillin'. I see right now, next Wednesday, a week from Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, I'll have to finish up Acts chapter 16 because I'm not going to get done tonight. But let me just share with you another thought. Not only singing in the dark is powerful, praying in the dark is powerful, praising God in the dark is powerful, but encouraging others in the dark is powerful. Encouraging others in the dark is powerful. You say, where do you get that? And the prisoners heard them. Did you hear me? And the prisoners heard them. When they were praising God, the prisoners heard them. When they were praying, the prisoners heard them. When they were shouting and giving God glory, the prisoners heard them. When they were in the darkest place, and they were praising God. The prisoners heard them praising God. The prisoners heard them praying. The prisoners heard them singing. And something beautiful was coming out of the darkness of their pit. Something beautiful was coming out of the darkness of their bondage. Uh, Paul and Silas in dark bondage. Something beautiful was coming out. And it was singing. And it was worshiping. And it was praising God. And it was encouraging the prisoners. Hey, there is a God. There is a God that gives us songs in the night. Encouraging others in the dark is powerful. Sometimes you don't want to encourage people when you're discouraged yourself. But tell me, tell me, friend, what greater cure for being discouraged than to go around encouraging other people? Amen? Encourage people. Amen? Encourage people. Tell them if they look nice. Tell them you look nice. If they, if, you know, encourage people. They sing a good song. Say, you did a good job singing. Encourage people. Amen. Amen. People listen to the preaching. Thank you for listening. 
Encourage people. Amen? I encourage Brandon. If I could sing as good as Brandon, I'd stop people in Walmart and say, here, I've got a song for you, and I'd sing. Chuck's, Chuck's the same way. I mean, Chuck can take a songbook song and wring every bit of juice out of it, and he's still singing and praising God. Chuck's a fascinating singer. I remember the first time I heard him sing Amazing Grace. I thought, my Lord, that guy is oozing out everywhere. The grace of God. We encourage each other. So, well, I tripped and stumbled along the way. Our God, isn't it wonderful? Our God forgives. Well, I'm going through a hard time. Hang on, brother. Jesus Christ is coming soon. We need to encourage each other. Amen? Encourage each other. When someone comes around and they smell good, say, hmm, you smell nice. Encourage them to continue to smell nice. If someone isn't smelling nice, say, ooh, you smell bad. You say, well, that's not encouragement. Yes, it is. It's encouraging them to take a bath. I'm preaching now. (laughs) Well, you just, you know, you just, we're a blessing. I'm not going to go there. No, I am not casting down every thought. But I had a good one. Cast it down. But encouraging others is powerful. Encouraging people in the darkness is powerful. I want to encourage people, Jesus Christ is coming soon. I want to encourage people, heaven and earth shall pass away, but God's word, Jesus' words shall not pass away. I want to encourage people, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I want to encourage people that God will never leave you nor forsake you. I want to encourage people that God's a big God, a forgiving God, a saving God. He cares about you. You may be tripped and stumbled, but it doesn't matter. God's got a big hand. He'll pick you up. He'll bless you. He'll touch your life. He's a great God. He's an awesome God. And he cares about your soul. He wants to bless you. Amen. I'm going to quit right there. You say, why? Because I'm just going to quit right there. I got other things I could preach, got other things I could say. Oh, I could keep you here two or three days. I'm telling you, I could keep you here till till Sunday morning. No, I couldn't. I look at some of you. I couldn't keep you here. I've stretched my blessing to keep you as long as I have. But there's a lot I can talk about, and I'll pick it up a week from Wednesday. I'll be in Purdy Wednesday uh, preaching there, but Josh will be preaching. He'll do an awesome job. And we'll pick it up the following Wednesday. But listen, let God break you out of jail. Don't you do it. Let God break you out of jail. Because when God breaks you out of jail, he'll take you to the jailer's house. 
Amen? Because he wants you to bless someone that previously beat you. He wants you, the Bible says that he, the jailer washed their stripes. Well, I don't think the jailer personally beat Paul and Silas, but he wasn't very nice to him when he thrust him in the inner prison and was responsible for putting shackles around his feet. And how many know it's not really easy to bless someone that just cursed you? But to bless someone that's mistreated you may be the very thing they need to get them saved. And you delivered from bitterness and hard feelings. Amen. Hallelujah. Got to stop. Got to stop. Josh, bring us on. You're going to go sing at Walmart, Brandon? No. Well, I said, I'm trying to encourage you in a dark moment. Chuck, you going to sing at Walmart? He'd rather preach. If I was as big as Chuck, I wouldn't worry about being thrown out of Walmart. <laughs> Amen. I want to encourage you. I was talking to the, we just signed a contract for television for another year. And I was telling our agent when I signed the contract, I said, if our church, if we need anything in our church, all, all I have to do is get to, go to our people and say, we need this. And you provide it. You provide it. We asked for the means to buy a shuttle. We bought it. We asked for means to buy a zero-turn lawnmower that I can't drive. We bought it. Say, so why can't you drive it? It's more powerful than me. We asked for a roof on top of the building. You bought it. Whatever we ask for, you provide it. Why? Because you're givers. You're related to the biggest giver of all, and his name is God, Jesus. He's the greatest giver of all. And so I told that TV agent, I said, if we need anything, I just mention it, and they take care of it. Right now is a good time to take an offering. I see that. But uh, I'm, I'm going to let that blow right past me. Encourage someone today. Encourage someone tonight. Encourage someone tomorrow. Because encouraging someone in the darkness is so powerful. And whether you're in darkness or whether they're in darkness, encouragement in the darkness Encouragement when it's dark is most powerful. Let's encourage each other. Let's work and serve the Lord. Let's honor God. Stand with me. Hallelujah.